Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that everything over at birdlandsports.com, all the t-shirts, sweatshirts, and other things is all on sale this week for Thanksgiving at 20% off. That includes film study t-shirts and sweatshirts. So head on over there and grab some Christmas gifts or grab a shirt or sweatshirt for yourself for all your Baltimore sports fans. Check out birdlandsports.com. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Tonight we have a crossover episode for you. Not our usual fare, but it's the bye week and we like to uh, be well-rounded Maryland sports fans. We're going to talk about Terps basketball tonight. And here to join me with it is join me with that is Jim Zipko. Jim, how are you doing? I'm great, Ken. How are you doing? All kinds of uh, happy about uh, returning to football. Happy to do some of these other episodes. We've, we've done a fair amount of Orioles episodes in the past, uh, but uh, I cannot recall doing a previous Terps basketball episode, but... Uh, I know you're a big fan, and you're gonna you're gonna tell us about the new coach and some of the recruiting, what we have to look forward to this year, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but before we get into that, I have to thank our sponsor, and that's Liquid Death, the water that will murder your thirst. Please consider them; uh, they've done done well for us, but also they they manufacture their product in aluminum cans, which are recyclable at a profit for recycling centers, and so they don't end up in a landfill like plastic. Please give their product a try; some great flavors as well. Uh, so, Jim. Tell us first of all about the about the new coach. We're excited, uh, Willard, the old Seton Hall coach. But uh, what's his background? 
Well, so uh, his background is interesting. He's the he's like our John Harbaugh. He's the son of a coach. His dad, Ralph Willard, is a is a, a basketball lifer, a career head coach, and he ended his uh, coaching career as an assistant to uh, Rick Pitino. And uh, so Kevin Willard played at Pitt in the '90s, and then uh, from the interviews that I that I've heard, he uh, his, his college career ended, and he thought he was done with basketball. And then Patino asked him to come be an assistant with the New York Knicks. And so uh, Willard started as an assistant coach in the NBA, basically a gopher and breaking down film and stuff like that. And uh, from there, built a, a coaching career. He became an assistant for Patino uh, at Louisville and then uh, struck out on his own first at Iona and then uh, 12 years at Seton Hall uh, and then was hired at Maryland. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, exciting choice. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but uh, opinions were mixed. He was certainly not considered a sexy choice at the beginning of the coaching carousel. Uh, I think that he, um, there are lots of coaches that had longer, deeper runs in the NCAA tournament and and were considered flashier or sexier. I think Willard was perceived, uh, to make a football analogy, a little Marty Schottenheimer-esque as kind of a grinder who was sort of a defense first guy, but who uh, was was not very uh, innovative or interesting on offense and whose teams uh, choked in the postseason. Um, I've looked at that record a little more closely, and I no longer think that's fair. Uh, I think that he ran into a couple of uh, weird situations in his five NCAA tournament appearances. And so I think what stands out to me more is how he – went to a place that was really a disaster when he got hired there in uh, 2010. And he became the first Seton Hall coach to lead the team to four or five 21 seasons. He passed PJ Carlissimo for second place all time and career wins at that school behind their, their basically founding coach from the, who, who was there from the thirties to the fifties. He turned the hall into a perennial NCAA tournament team, which is not easy to do at Seton Hall. They don't play their games on campus. They play their games in Newark. They don't really have a practice arena. They practice in the basement of a, of a rec center on campus. It's, it's not, it's not exactly Kentucky. Uh, and so the work that he's done there and kind of the, the program builder that he's become, I think that, um, we should have been more excited when the hire was announced. And I think that what he's shown over the past uh, four or five months is, is kind of indicative of that. Okay. So three first round losses that I can see, I don't know what happened in 2020, the tournament was canceled. I'm not sure right. about 21, but three first round losses as a six, a nine and a 10 seed. Right. Uh, you know, certainly nothing is guaranteed. He did get a win as an eight seed in 2018. I don't know what happened in 21. As I said, uh, could you fill me in on that? Yeah. So, well, so in 2016, he um, was his matchup was against Gonzaga, which for some preposterous reason were seeded number 11. They were a top 25 team and made the seat in Hall, the Sweet 16. There's no way that they should have been seeded 11. So he got kind of a, a weird and bad draw that year. I wouldn't call that a bad loss by any stretch. Uh, you uh, fast forward to uh, 2017, he lost an 8 9 game. Uh, with his uh, star player in foul trouble, they were actually up um, with less than a minute ago, but but you know the ball didn't bounce their way. They had a great game in 2018 against Kansas, uh, who was the number one seed and went on to make mm-hmm. he went on to make the championship game. Uh, that was a uh, what was that? That was a four point loss. 
Um, in 2019, he dragged a team. He had what I would consider to be the quintessential Marty Schottenheimer playoff loss, which is that he had a team that absolutely had no business making the postseason. Uh, they had four new starters. Uh, he dragged them to the postseason through what I can only consider to be a really good coaching job. And then he lost a set as the 10 seed. He lost to a seven seed. So I, I wouldn't consider that a bad situation. Uh, no tournament in 2020. They probably would have been a number three seed that year. They were tied for first place in the Big East. Uh, they were so that that's that was probably his best chance to get a deep tournament run. Uh, and then in 2021, uh, a lot of injuries and just a, a bad team that, that didn't make the tournament. And then 2022, this is really his only bad loss. He uh, they chose. I don't know. It looks like they didn't even show up. Uh, and it's fair to wonder what went on there. But if you know, it, it's college. And if the if the kids know that you've got one foot out the door, it's hard to know what kind of effort you're going to get from them. So I'm willing to give him one. And that would be the one. I, I was I was wondering if it, this so the rumor had already been there. I assume not that people didn't know that he would be going to Maryland. He just his contract was up, or what was the situation? So what happened was Maryland the job opened up in December when Mark Turgeon left the team, and so Willard, as a Under Armour coach, his name was linked to the program very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of basically the coaching rumors that swirled were every star you can imagine from Rick Pitino on down, Thad Mata and Kevin Willard. And, you know, as the other guys were crossed off and other star sexier names were added, it was always, and Kevin Willard. So I think by, (laughs) by the time March rolled around, I think that, you know, the writing was on the wall. His post-game press conference uh, was very weird at the tournament when he lost it. He, he said something like, you know, and if it turns out that way, I think really the guy they should get to, to succeed me should be the guy that they wind up hiring. So it's it just a strange situation. And, you know, so if, if rumors were rampant and his, his, his kids thought that he was walking, uh, that would explain a lot from that game. So before we move on here, the Mark Turgeon departure, um, it's, can can that do anything but kind of color a lot of his tenure here in terms of leaving in midseason like that? I don't know. He he, what's the right way to say this? He's a good coach, and he ran a, a squeaky clean program. All the kids uh, did well academically. Um, there was no hint of scandal. Uh, he seemed to to have a family atmosphere. He was a terrible fit somehow with the fan base. He had this mm-hmm. kind of Midwestern uh, uh, square, like no sense of humor, sense of fair play kind of thing about him. And uh, he didn't have the kind of success that would make fans forget about demeanor. Mm-hmm. And he did not seem to to deal well with the criticism that comes from being the Maryland head coach. He didn't seem to have a sense of humor about it. He didn't seem to have um, a thick skin about it. And uh, so that relationship, I think, was was becoming raw the last couple seasons. And yeah, to me, his early departure, it really does kind of color your perception of really of everything it colors how you evaluate the players from last season how good they are mm-hmm. you know like they did not have a good season but who could have a good season under those circumstances um it colors our perception of of how willard how 
uh, Turgeon took the job in the first place. It, it just, it, it colors everything in, in, you know, looking back. Now, you know, obviously we had many years of Gary Williams and uh, Turgeon immediately succeeded Gary Williams, right? There was nobody in the Correct. middle there for you. Okay. Right. So, so the kind of what I associate with Turgeon as a coach is some of the um, graduate transfers. Suleiman, was it? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the Duke right. uh, yep. shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and him being able to, to get some of that going, some whip it up in five minutes, kind of recruiting at the last moment that he yep. was able to do uh, during his tenure. Are, are we still going to have some of that at Maryland with a coach like Willard around? Well, so let's look at two different things about that. For one thing, when we talk about the whip it up at the last minute recruiting, uh, in a lot of situations, he's getting, I'm talking about Churgeon here, he's getting an older player, maybe a fifth year senior, a guy who's 24, you know? Um, So a guy who's more physically developed than his peers in college basketball, but does not have a lot of upside over Mm -hmm. what he already has. So um, I think what Willard seems to be focusing on is high school players who will be with the program for, you know, three years, uh, ish, um, and then filling in. So not making the new players, the centerpiece of the program, but filling in holes using the transfer portal. Okay. All right. And, and, and you're, when you're talking about that, you're, you're including the transfer portal and the graduate transfer portal, but he'll take, he, he, he'll, he might get some Juco transfers with that. He might get, uh, it's, it's, it's more broad than just the, uh, graduate transfer. Correct. Yeah. So a couple okay. years, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple years ago, the NCAA relaxed the rules about transferring. Like it used to be that you had to be a graduate, which meant, and you were going to take, so you had exhausted your eligibility and graduated at your old school and you wanted to enroll in a graduate program in a program that was not offered at your current school, but was offered someplace else. You could transfer to the someplace else and not sit out a year and use your fourth year of eligibility. Otherwise, if you were to transfer, you had to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA relaxed those transfer rules a couple seasons ago. So now you have what's called the transfer portal. So that's your graduate transfers, your JUCO transfers, and everybody else on earth who wants to transfer mm-hmm. for any reason. So okay, it's well, a little bit more of a Wild West situation than it was. You have a sense of how many how many players nationwide are in the transfer portal at a time? Oh, thousands. Thousands. Okay. Yeah. Wow. At least one thousand. Okay. And uh, is this is it a case where um, a reasonable number of those players end up returning to their old school, or are they committed to leave once they get in that transfer? They program? are not committed to leave. I don't know if you would call it a reasonable number. I would say a small number wind up at their okay. old school. All right. By now, you're probably noticing that there's strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's because it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans help bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. By now, you probably know how much I love Liquid Death. Well, every week I tell you about a different way I've used Liquid Death to mess with people. This week it was taking a cooler full of liquid death to the softball game because as our team chugged down liquid death, our play improved while the other team drank other stuff and maybe got a little sloppy out on the field. So take liquid death. The other team has no clue what you're doing. 
or take it to work. We've talked about that many times. Drag it around to your friends at school. Maybe the carpool lane. Maybe we'll talk about the carpool lane next week. Just take liquid death. Enjoy it. It's ice cold water. You're going to have a great time and fun. Go get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find Liquid Death retailers near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. All right. So, so test- Willard has used the transfer portal at Seton Hall, and he used it, I would say, judiciously this year at Maryland. And he has uh, spoken about the transfer portal in interviews. And he has said that uh, in prior seasons at the Hall, he has overused the transfer portal. And one of the things, one of the consequences of that is that you lose some team culture. Okay. Uh, and so he, what he seems to be trying to do is to use it to fill in holes. So this returning Maryland roster had um, a, uh, a small forward or a combo forward named Hakeem Hart, a power forward named Dante Scott, who uh, is a legitimate um a candidate for all Big Ten Conference honors this year, mm-hmm. and a returning power forward uh, slash center uh, named Julian Reese, who was a freshman last year, is very, very talented, a guy who's predicted to take a big jump. And so those are the returning starters from last year. And you notice I didn't mention any guards. Mm-hmm. And so in the transfer portal, uh, Willard signed a point guard and a shooting guard. And uh, those guys are going to be the two starters. And that's basically it for transfers. Uh, there's a, a fifth-year senior power forward who will be coming off the bench. And then his backup point guard from Seton Hall came over with him. And that's it for transfers. And so you notice that he's let, let the returning starters start. He hasn't transferred over them. Um, he's, he's, he's used the transfer portal to fill in obvious holes. I, 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 what I'm really see, hearing here is a lack of big men. I know Maryland lost their seven one seven three guy. The the uh, Judas Wahab, the guy who went back to Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, there, there's another. I thought I thought there was another one they've lost as well. Who had an, just an incredible wingspan. Uh, and it may have been this may have been five years ago now, Jim. Okay, uh, <laughs> I don't I think mean, that's I'm. Uh, so, so it, it, you, that name may well be correct, but I thought it, 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 I'm probably thinking of Minute Bowl when I say this (laughs) to say, I thought his name, last name had three letters. Um, uh, Chol, uh, that's him. Chol Mariah. Yeah. I think his name was. Yeah. Yeah, That was, uh, I think that was before last year. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, but you're uh, right. So when you say that you're hearing a lack of big men, that's exactly right. So this coming year, this roster is perimeter oriented and is probably probably does not have the size to defend in the post against Big Ten caliber competition. So that's going to be a struggle all year for this team. All right. So, uh, you know, there are some teams in the country that have gone to four guard looks at times. Yep. Right. Uh, anybody really playing five guards at this point? No. OK. No. And uh I think I think all of these lineups they all need somebody to rebound and set screens. So I think typically what you've seen is four perimeter players, you know, four out one in. That's that's basically mm-hmm. as far as you'll go for for long stretches, maybe short stretches with five perimeter players. Okay. All right, boy, the three-point the three-point shot really changed the game of basketball at the college level even more than at the pro level, didn't it? Uh, at the pro level, certainly they have some unbelievable shooters, and there's been you know Steph Curry and other people who've, who've dominated the game in some ways. But uh, the college game now, taking a long two, is such a bad percentage play these days. 
Yeah, and and that's that's true in the pros as well. The long two will kill you. It's uh, you want to either take the the, the 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 analytics approach to basketball is either shoot threes or, or layups at the basket. Right. Okay. Has so it created a more interesting game for us? So a lot of old school coaches decry it. I would say that it has done two things. It has created a more so. So right now we're litigating something from it was the 80s, right? When they adopted mm-hmm. the three point shot. So I think that this is a perfect topic for men of a certain age like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we won't lose too much of the young fan. Maybe, maybe you're already we, one thing is for sure. When men of a certain age like us discuss this topic, we're probably going to have to go to the bathroom before it ends. Yeah. Um, I would say that it has done two things. It has made basketball games more dramatic um, because you get the, the big swings and scores with a three-point barrage and, and you know fewer leads are safe. And it has democratized basketball a little bit in terms of small guys can can compete now. You know, where there was certainly a period of time where it was only a big man's game. And, uh, you know, Steph Curry has certainly shown us that it's not only a big man's game if you're incredibly skilled and you can really shoot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I would have thought one of the things that, that you know, the 24-second clock was a huge change to basketball for starters because it took a long time to work the work the ball inside. And that really created a defensive era to the game uh, that it just became a lot harder to score than it had been in the 60s with some of the ridiculous scoring. Well, so the 24-second the clock is the NBA. In college, in men's college, I think it's no, still no, a- I, I understand. I'm just yeah. – I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the pro game here for, yeah. for, for a second here. Yeah. But the, 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 packing, the packing the zone so you didn't – so you and, – and I don't know when <clears> the, the, the NBA went to illegal defenses where you had to cover everybody one-on-one because that was done at some point. Right. And, um, but but they, with the 24-second clock – uh, it just it, it it made it very hard to work the ball inside in that period of time was my recollection. A three point game shot is probably, you know, fixed the game certainly at the pro level for that. In the college, you have so long what 30, 35 seconds now. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting that the women play faster. The women have a pro shot clock, twenty four seconds. It's the men huh. who are still holding out at thirty five. It's very strange. Who's who's behind that? Why wouldn't they want? a faster paced game that is a philosophical question that i do not know the answer to i know that coaches uh as a class are control freaks mm-hmm. um so maybe you know and, and and coaches in the college game coaches are stars you know mike Krzyzewski, uh tom izzo yeah yeah patino right so so maybe those guys have a disproportionate say and a disproportionate amount of power um I don't think it makes sense to 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 have the men playing slower than the women, um, but I can also see an argument for not having them play as fast as the pros. If you wanted to go to like a thirty second shot clock or something for both the men and the women, that would make sense to me. It's, pr- it's no, primarily I, an end of game reasoning. Is that if you want to create closer end of games or have a wider point swings be possible at the end of games, you want a shorter shot clock, and you could change that and just have it be in the last two minutes. It's twenty four seconds. Mm. To to stop teams from you know milking the clock all the way down and doing the right. things that teams are wanted want to do, uh, but anyway, it's I I I I guess I understand the notion of there's a whole lot of coaches out there who don't want their their cheese moved and the, whoever is negotiating on their behalf at the uh, uh, at the NCAA level is probably saying no we don't want the cheese moved either. 
I wonder if there is something also in terms of TV timeouts and the predictability of when they happen, and maybe it's mm-hmm. easier to schedule them with 35 seconds on the clock rather than 24. I have no idea. Um, certainly, yeah, the NBA gets in their share of commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the answer to your question. It's an interesting one. All right. All right. So you want to talk specifically about the, the about who's uh, coming to Maryland this year? Yeah. So uh, and and this to me, this is in reference to what we can expect from the from the Kevin Willard era. So uh, National Signing Day was November 9th and the Maryland ha- Maryland has a three man incoming freshman class for next year that is currently rated right outside the top 10, like around 11 oh. or 12, depending on which rating service you're looking at. So it's three perimeter players all from the D.C., the greater D.C., Baltimore area. Uh, there's Jamie Kaiser, who's a guard forward, uh, originally from Northern Virginia, but he played last season at the IMG Academy in Florida. There's Jonathan Lamoth, who's a guard from St. Francis in Baltimore. And there's Deshaun Harris-Smith, who's a combo guard from um, Paul VI, St. Paul VI in Virginia, and also Team Takeover, the AAU. Uh, so there are three kind of... Um, uh, really wings who are very versatile defensively and very hard-nosed players who can shoot. Okay. Uh, I see Kaiser is a four-star guy by... They're all four stars. Okay, all four-star guys. That's good. Uh, how, how many five-star guys were there nationally this year, roughly? So I don't know precisely, but typically year in and year out, you're going to see that the um, the the five stars go about as deep as the top 25 ish recruits mm-hmm. and the four stars are typically the next hundred players. Okay. That's still terrific to get three of the next hundred is, uh, is great. And I guess that, that explains the really high ranking of the group. So the St. Francis guy, uh, Lamoff, you, you, yes. is, uh, you pronounce that? Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about him? Shooting guard, pure shooting guard. Uh, and, grew up wanting to go to Maryland. And so he signed fairly early and then he actually um, assumed kind of a recruiting role for, uh, for a couple of the other guys. He was also after some of the bigs who didn't wind up um, coming to Maryland, but he was very excited about the school and and was sort of an ambassador for the school. Okay. He's a, a, a bigger guard as well at six, four, like Kaiser is a six, six guy. How, how yeah. is Deshaun uh, Harris Smith? He's, uh, I think he's six four, and he's uh, what I would call a combo guard, like a between a, a, a point and a, a shooting guard. Uh, he has said that Willard has told him that he'll play point at Maryland. Uh, he didn't really play point uh, in AAU or in high school. Well, he made this his senior season's upcoming. He was a MVP of a bunch of postseason tournaments uh, this summer. And a lot of the recruiting analysts said that if they had to pick one guy to win a game this year, they would want him on their roster. So he evidently gives a lot in terms of effort and defense and rebounding and just a complete game. Tough kid. All right, cool. Uh, If you're looking at the roster and you want to pick a couple of guys to take a big step forward in 2022 to 23, who would they be? Well, so it has to be Julian Reese and Dante Scott. So Dante Scott is the returning power forward. Uh, and everyone, every analyst agrees that he has the kind of talent that can be a first or second team all Big Ten player. Uh, the question is, you know, can he put together a complete game? He lost 
a ton of weight, evidently, this offseason, like 30 pounds, and is playing he, very Did he fast. need to? He, uh, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. He was a little tubby, perhaps. Um, if he needed the weight to bang at power forward, then losing it was a bad idea. Uh, Willard, and he seemed to get uh, Scott to buy into this, Willard seems to think that his position in the NBA will require him to play slimmer and faster and also be able to be fresher, you know, play all game long, basically that he didn't have a body that could compete in the NBA, even though he had some skills that could compete in the NBA. So um, your question is kind of, it's an open-ended. We're not going to know until the season plays out. I think a lot of people feel that fat Dante is a better player than skinny Dante (laughs) from what they've seen over the last two years. Uh, But I watched the, uh, so we're recording on Tuesday night. They played the game against Binghamton this evening. Tony Kornheiser's alma mater, if you watch PTI. Mm-hmm. And he, he was all over the court defensively, very aggressive, uh, rebounds. I think I saw him take a charge at one point. Um, and that's probably not a kind of game that he could have played last year at the weight that he was playing at last year. But when we have to bang against the Big Ten uh, post players, then you know maybe we'll wish he had he had some more oomph to him. I don't know the answer to your question yet. Okay. All right, and and maybe give us a projection for Maryland overall. Where do you think they'll uh, approximate record? Where they'll finish in the Big Ten? Will they make the NCAA tournament? So I think where they are is so you you're familiar with the phrase bubble team for the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. They are, I think, absolutely squarely on the bubble. They're going to be either one of the last five in or the first five out. They are probably around the 50th, maybe the 45th to 55th best team in the country, which is right in the area where the at-large bids for the tournament cut off. So they want to make sure that there are no surprises in those tournaments around the league to exactly. knock them out. Right. Yes. You want the, the top seeds to win all of the, uh, the, the, turn, the, the tournaments of the, the lesser conferences so that there aren't any extra bids taken away. I think that um, two things. I think that the team is going to be more exciting to watch night in and night out because Willard is going to play fast and press. They're going to really be aggressive defensively. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. And I think that there will be suspense on Selection Sunday maybe too much success suspense <laughs> for some of our tastes, but there certainly was no suspense last year that Maryland was not going to get in. Um, I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think it'll be an open question coming down to selection Sunday and it could go either way. It just depends on, you know, how well they're playing in March. Sixth, seventh in the big 10 then if they're, if they have that kind of a, a national ranking. Yes. Right. If they, if they are around, so I would say sixth is sort of the high range from what we can expect from them in the Big Ten. And if things go bad, maybe as bad as 11th or 12th. Okay. Uh, if they're 11th or 12th, obviously they're not making the tournament Correct. at that level. Sixth, uh, they're probably in. Sixth to eighth, they have a good shot. Okay. All right. Well, very good. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing us up to date on Maryland basketball in terms of some some basics here for somebody like me who, who did kind of tune out last year and uh, would like to probably get back into it this year. So, uh, Jim, thanks for joining us for this. Uh, tell people where they can talk either basketball or football with you. Well, you'll find me on Twitter. I'm at zip underscore Jim. And, uh, I'm always liking any of your, uh, podcasts when you, uh, when you tweet them on Twitter. So just look on, among the likes on your, uh, Twitter posts and you'll find me in there and you can uh, follow me from there. 
I, I appreciate that, Jim. And uh, you just spent the afternoon watching football on Sunday together and and uh, had a great time doing that along with a couple other people. And a uh, uh, lot of fun. Anyway, really appreciated having you over for that. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. Uh, DMs are always open on Twitter. I'd like to hear from you right away or as soon as possible. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. Any good narrow idea is good. These kind of topics, I'm looking to produce content that's under 30 minutes uh, in contrast to a lot of the stuff you see from me during the year. Uh, we'd like to have some shorter, more narrow, more direct topics. And what Jim has brought to the table here and just a lot of good information in a short time is ideal. Uh, Got to be passionate about it, but you don't have to be super analytic about it. Uh, we'll just have a nice, good football discussion in a relatively short period of time. It's the first uh, time I've ever been accused of having a discussion in a short period of time. <laughs> do you do you have that reputation at work, Jim, of being a, a, a long talker? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and talking talking in paragraphs is what I'm accused of doing. <laughs> okay, that's not good. So that's <laughs> why we have the finger raising system here to to interject when a long point is being made. But uh, you guys are not seeing that. This so behind the production scene thing if you ever watch a uh a, one of these ones that's been done on video you'll occasionally see me raise my finger that means i want to interject with a question uh but jim really appreciate having you on ken thank you for making uh, making room for this i thought uh i thought that that there's an audience out there for people who've kind of become disaffected from maryland basketball uh for whatever reason over the last 10 years you might like to check back in i think this is a good time for that I uh, really appreciate that, and we'll see, and and that'd be great. And, we, and certainly, if there's a if there's a appetite for it, we'll do more. Anyway, uh, Jim, thanks again, and I'll we'll talk you. to you next time on Film Study. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.